Hello, I am Jamie from Stillmeyer Games, and I'm here today with another special guest to share a top 10 list in total, five games from each of us. This is Josh, who suggested the topic of multi-use cards. Josh, can you let everybody know who you are and what your connection is to uh, Stillmeyer Games and why you chose this topic? Uh, sure. Um, I'm Josh uh, Derrick. I'm from Akron, Ohio. I was originally kind of introduced to board gaming with Scythe and Lords of Hellas, so two of uh, two of my earliest games that kind of got me into the hobby in general. Um, as far as multi-use cards go, the reason I suggested that is it's kind of one of my favorite design tools. That, you know, whenever you find a game that has a card that has multiple different purposes, I feel like you can adjust your play even on the fly. You know, you get your turn, you think you know what you're doing, but maybe you can adjust and it's built right into the cards. I think that's a great summary of, of why this is a really fun mechanism to play around with, um, both when you're playing games and designing games. Um, so what we're going to do today, I'm going to share some picks from Ambassadors, Stillmeyer Games Ambassadors, and briefly, and then we'll go through a, a few different aspects of this topic and culminate in our top five list. Sure. I'll start off, oh, and I should mention up front, uh, let's talk about just briefly how we define multi-use cards. Um, my, the way that I approached this was I looked at games that have cards where the multiple uses are built into the cards themselves. And so I did not include games like Wingspan. Like in Wingspan, you the, the main way to use cards is to play them, to play bird cards yes. on your mat. But you can also, at times, tuck cards under other cards. That is a multiple use of a card, but I didn't include it here because that isn't inherently built into every card. And Seven Wonders is another classic example of this, where on your turn in Seven Wonders, you can play a card or you can discard it to gain three coins. Definitely, I think, in the broader category of multiple-use cards, but it, because it isn't built into the card design itself, I didn't include it. Yeah, I, I would I totally fair you did. Okay. No, I, I think I only really even included one where the two uses aren't directly on the cards or maybe more okay. than two uses. Cool. I do understand that anyone watching this who wants to share their thoughts in the comments, totally fair if you include games in that category. I can, I can definitely see that being included. So the ambassador picks for this category, these are uh, games selected by multiple ambassadors, were Beer and Bread, Boon Lake, Bruges, Dune Imperium, Frosthaven and Gloomhaven, Ginkopolis, Glory to Rome, It's a Wonderful World, La Granja, Lisboa, Mage Knight, Maracaibo, Marvel Champions, Oh My Goods, Race for the Galaxy, Raiders of the North Sea, and Tiny Epic Vikings. Any on that list that you, that you uh, haven't tried that you're curious about? Actually, I haven't tried a lot of those, um, but a couple of the ones that'll make my list were on there too. So, yeah, it was a good topic to choose. People seemed uh, excited to share their their uh, their picks for this one. I also included a short list of evolving cards. So I, I also didn't quite include these as multi-use cards, but I think this is an interesting subtopic of cards that can get better based on multiple uses or some other status in the game. Um, for example, in my new game, Expeditions, Expeditions has cards that you can play as cards, but they also have cards that you can tuck under your mat to enhance your mat. So you are using the card for multiple purposes, and it kind of is also built into the cards. Maybe I could have included that, but at the point of playing a card, there's only one purpose for these cards, so I didn't include it. The other ones on the list are Shards of Infinity, which have a, a they have a mastery mechanism that make cards, makes cards better. Soulforge Fusion, where cards are replaced by upgraded versions of that exact card. Aquatica. Uh, where you're also tucking cards and kind of uh, sliding cards up and activating different benefits under your mat. Magic the Gathering has a bunch of different cards that that evolve and uh, like double-sided cards and cards that level up. And then a recent game, Revive, 
as a mechanism a little bit similar to Expeditions or Aquatica. What are your thoughts, uh, I guess, quick thoughts on evolving cards like that? Well, um, I, I play a good amount of Soulforge Fusion, and I do kind of, that's obviously, it's a different mechanism, but it's still yeah. a very useful one, and it's kind of a fun design when you get to upgrade the exact card. It generally has a very similar effect, but it's just better as you get the game. Um, yeah. Expeditions, I, I feel like Expeditions falls pretty closer to the multi-use card, because even though, like mm. you said, it's only one printed on it, the three types of uh, the quests, the items, and uh, the meteorites, you know, that, that's still printed on the card, and you know where those get tucked, and the direct end game benefit is tied to what kind it is. And honestly, I think that would have been on my top five list. It's an honorable mention for me, but we've just got it in. I think I've played it like three times so far, but it's quickly becoming a game that my wife and I like to play. I'm glad to hear that. And you're right on expeditions. It is printed on the cards. Like when you meld a meteorite, it ha you literally turn the card sideways and it has printed on the card, the, the meld benefit. I was just yeah. thinking maybe it doesn't count because when you when you play the card, although even then, yeah, you're probably right. It does count. Yeah, because you get the resource, <laughs> you get one of the two yeah. power guile. And then if you have the worker, there's still another thing you get. So I, I feel like it's got yeah. two to three uses per card. Okay. And they're clear. We'll count it. <laughs> I won't use it for my list, but I do have actually Expeditions and Red Rising then or the other, the other similar game I can think of where the multiple uses in Red Rising are built into the card. You're either oh, yeah. retaining the card in your hand for endgame scoring or you are playing the card for its deploy benefit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that definitely would be out. So let's jump into our list, starting with honorable mentions. Do you have any honorable mentions you'd like to mention? Um, yeah, uh, well, obviously, as I'd said, Expeditions, I think if we had done this list a little bit later, might even be on my list. Um, another one would be um, Matainai. That was originally on my list, I think, even when I emailed it to you. It's just, it's A, it's not a game I own, and it's not a game that I've played very recently, but I remember liking it a lot, and I really liked how the cards... Um, depending on which side of your player board, have a very yeah. I froze. Okay, you're back now. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was me or you. Yeah, uh, you were talking about Matai and I when it froze. I think. Yeah, it just um, again, it's a game that would have been my, on my list uh, probably even a, when I first sent it to you. Just to, I don't own it and I haven't played it as much recently, but I do. I really like the way that they use those cards. Uh, they, I think they have three or four different uses depending on which of the four sides of your player board you put them on, where they're either. Well, Josh is freezing a little bit here. I, I, I'll note that I have not played Matina yet. I played Innovation. I'm guessing some of you might have. Oh, hi, you're back. I was just talking yeah. while you were frozen. It's okay. Yeah, so um, again, that Matina and then a couple other ones that I guess uh, most of Awakened Realms games that I have all. Awakened Realms. I think Josh is going to mention uh, ISS Vanguard and Either Fields here are the ones that he sent me in advance. Josh did send me this list in advance and Matai and I was on it. So it sounds like the list has changed a little bit. So I'm curious to see what his top five is now that uh, that it's evolved a little bit. Uh, uh, am I back again? Jeez. You, you are back again. <laughs> you are back again. I, I mentioned ISS Vanguard and Ether Fields while you were frozen because I, I figured you were going to talk about those. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and even, uh, so Lords of Ragnarok and Lords of Hellas, their combat cards are obviously, they, they're dual use depending on whether you're fighting a monster or fighting opponents. Um, and they have the top and the bottom of the card. But I guess with those, I guess they're only honorable mentions because they're a little bit less of the direct gameplay. It's only about a third of what you might be doing in that game. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Um, oh, and I, I even I Nemesis. You, that's true. Yeah, ne Nemesis, you discard in the, in the combat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see a few of those games behind you on your shelf. It's a nicely displayed shelf. Yes. Big of it, we can realms the Stonemaier fan. <laughs> 
Um, so some honorable mentions that I had were uh, Western Legends that has um, like essentially playing cards built into the cards. So you can play them during the poker mini game in the game, or you can play them as cards. Maracaibo, uh, Root. Root is a pretty ingenious system in that the cards are used in a variety of ways based on which faction you're playing. La Granja has, uh, has card tucking. Revive, I mentioned uh, um, before from Ambassadors. Space Base was really borderline for me, but Space Base does kind of have cards for multiple uses in that you are slotting cards into your mat uh, to use in one way. And then when you use that same number, you flip the card over and slide it under your mat. And then Raiders of the North Sea, really close to making the list. It was really close between that and my number five. So why don't we jump into the top five? And Josh, you have thrown me for a loop today because I thought Matai and I was on your list, but obviously your list has changed a little bit since you sent it to me. Do you uh, do you want to share your top five? I think Josh might be temporarily closing again. When he comes back, I might suggest that Josh uh, uh, turns off the video. So you may not get to see Josh for the rest of the video. Oh, Hey, Josh, do you want to try turning off the video? Sometimes if there's a... People won't get to see you, but it, it should stop. Well, maybe it will stop freezing um, if it's just uh, streaming audio. If you click the, the stop video button in the bottom left, we'll give that a try yeah. and see if it works. Let's see. You try that? Cool. Um, and so we're on your your number five, Josh. You want to talk about that? Okay, sure. Uh, so from number five... Um... I'm going to go with ISS Vanguard. I have a couple of cards here in front of me, so I can talk about them. Obviously, my video is now gone. But with those cards, it's nice. Um, they each on the top of the card, the first half, have what they can do. You, you know, Some let you reroll cards. Some let you ignore an injury that you might gain. Um, some let you help um, other players if they're in your sector with you. But the bottom half of what each card has something called a dice check, where die that you roll if they match the symbols you can discard those die to gain the benefit that's at the bottom of the card so kind of you know situational but they're nice to have you know two different options that each card can do for you that's cool that's a neat little mechanism there um do you do you always roll the dice or is it is it an option like if you want to roll the dice to try to trigger this benefit so each um in iss vanguard one of the things that you're doing is you're going around the map uh each general uh, location has a what's called a special action and the whole game um operates through what's called a dice check and you roll your hand of die depending on um how many you feel like rolling and which colors and symbols you're trying to go for okay. and you'll have to spend some of those to to either defeat a monster or you know unlock something in that location but leftover die that you haven't used so if you roll a few symbols that didn't you weren't needed or even sometimes colors, you can use as what's called in, in the dice check to also gain something. Like one lets you draw three cards, another one lets you, you know, discard an injury. So leftover dice still have a use, even if they didn't help you fulfill your goal. That's pretty cool. I like that. I need to try that one. Yeah, we're, we're not super far. I think we're about six or seven missions in, but we've enjoyed it. Nice. So that is uh, ISS Vanguard at Josh's number five. Um, my number five, the one that barely knocked Raiders of the North Sea off my list, is Beer and Bread. Um, I played this game fairly recently. This is a two-player event. Yeah, I played the game for the first time very recently. It's a two-player only game um, where you are making beer and bread for the most part. And every card has a few different uses on it. Uh, you can, you can uh, use it as a goal, so you can try to complete the goal of that card. 
spending resources to complete it. You can also um, spend it to get more resources. And there's a tucking element too for some of the cards. You can kind of you can upgrade your player mat all in the in the motion of playing a card. So all those things are part of uh, playing a card. I, I, I think it's a really clever system. And I think this highlight, that beer and bread highlights that uh, the idea that many games might give you multiple decks where you're like drawing a goal card or drawing a, a resource card or drawing an upgrade card. But this is a good reminder to me as a designer that you can combine all those things into one card, as long as the card isn't too cluttered, to consolidate it and have one single deck with a lot of interesting choices. There's also a neat hand passing mechanism in Beer and Bread. Are you familiar with this one, Josh? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I haven't played it myself, but I'm familiar with the game. It, it's definitely one that interests me. It's just sometimes, you know, with two-player games specifically, my wife and I already have a pretty big backlog. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah, and it, it, it is it, it, it's designed specifically for two players. But yeah, beer and bread, really clever system. That's my number five. What about your number four? Uh, my number four, I was also going to stick with an Awakened Realms game, but this one I'm going to go with Etherfields. Uh, Etherfields probably wouldn't make uh, you know even a top ten list for me as far as one of my favorites, but I do like it. But it shares a mechanism that I feel like a lot of games kind of utilize, uh, but in a slightly different way. Obviously, you know, um, some a lot of head-to-head -head card games you have to discard cards to be able to play something. And like you said, in um, I think Seven Wonders, you discard a card for three money. But in this, each card, besides having its normal function of whatever it, the text is, and you can play the cards for that, it has three color systems, which uh, red is wrath, uh, yellow is cunning, and green is um, awareness. And so each card might, only might be two green or two yellow or one red. And so you have to specifically discard the correct cards to get to you might need wrath to do this action so i might need to find a one red and a two red to get myself three wrath or you know need a combination of a uh, couple of cards to get myself some awareness to you know accomplish whatever it is i'm trying to do on my turn plus each card like i said does have text on it that you can play for it directly and then it might even say this one costs and you have to discard something else from your hand to pay for it uh, the other nice part about these cards is your starting character deck, the backs of each card actually have an action on them. So if it's at the top of your draw pile, you can play it directly from there. Uh, cards you gain during the game don't aren't your starting deck, so those actually don't have that benefit. But all your starting cards actually have a backside printed. You have an action available to you if it's on the top of your draw deck. That is really, really clever. I, I think that's a hugely underused space in the, in the game design world, losing the back of cards for something. Um, yeah, it was the and, first time I, I think I can, I've seen it, and I liked it a lot. I think the only time, well, maybe not the only time, but the most memorable time I've seen it is in, um, shoot, I'm going to blank on the name, but there's a hidden movement game where you're hunting a vampire, and uh, it has... It has cards that have that, that mechanism. They're not multiple uses. It triggers events in that game, but they... They were able to make the deck shuffleable by kind of hiding the unique element of the card right in the middle of the card. So you only, if you're only looking at the edges, they're still easy to shuffle and you can't tell the difference between the cards. Is that what they do in either fields? Or is it um, Actually, you cut talking? out there. I did not hear any of the description of that last oh, no. game. I'm sorry. We have been good until there. <laughs> uh, I was talking about a, a, a vampire-themed hidden movement game that I'm blanking on the name of where... Oh, what is the name? I don't know. But it, it, it's a... It doesn't use multi-use cards, but it uses um, cards the backs with cards. the backs have a have a trigger on them, and it's hidden in the right in the middle of the card, so you can still shuffle the cards without seeing if there is a hidden event icon in the middle of it. I was curious if the Etherfields cards kind of hide the icon while you're shuffling, or if it's very apparent while you're shuffling which cards 
have the special it's icons. pretty apparent it's yeah. you have your character's picture on the back of each card as opposed to the normal influence deck that just has the generic backgrounds so you okay. do know where your cards are that's cool so hidden uh, multiple uses of cards including the backs of the cards really clever with uh with either fields my number four is lost rooms of arnak so this is a deck building game that uses cards that have a, a benefit here that you can use um and like the core benefit, the written benefit or iconological benefit, but they also have a benefit in the upper left here related to kind of movement. This is related to where you can place workers. So you can either use one of these cards to place a worker, like this one lets you place a worker on a space that requires one boat. You can also combine multiple cards together. Like if I have uh, the tent and the parrot here, that is it? No, if I have the parrot and a hat, um, I could place a worker on a space that requires two ship movement. Um, so I could discard multiple cards for that purpose, or I could use one of these cards for the, the uh, benefit on the card itself. Um, I really like Ar Lost Ruins of Arnak in general, the theme, the mechanisms, but I like this, the variability and the flexibility that the cards offer, especially when I really want to place a worker on a specific spot, balancing that versus this powerful benefit of a card that I want, want to uh, play the card for. Um, yeah, do you have any thoughts about Lost Ruins of Arnak? Yeah, actually, it's funny. Um, Lost, Ruins, uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak is a game I uh, I enjoy, and it just slipped my mind when making this list. And when I was telling my wife um, when we were setting up today, she was like, "What about Lost Ruins of Arnak?" <laughs> I didn't. It didn't even occur to me that yeah, those are absolutely multi-use cards, and I like the way that they're used. I just it didn't didn't ring a bell when I was uh, making my list. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's one that's kind of subtle in how it uses that secondary use, but it, it's a very useful element to the game. So that's Lost Ruins of Arnak at number four. What is your number three favorite game with multi-use cards? All right. My number three is the one that's kind of the lightest use of the multi-use part. It's Concordia. Um, but what I like about this game, where each card is going to, you're going to play an action card on each of your turns to determine what you're doing that turn. But the bottom half of each card also lists which god, you know, is associated with that card. And those um, trigger how much points you'll score at the end of the game, depending on how many cities you've built, maybe different provinces you're in, specific production. So while, you know, they don't really have a second use during the game, they kind of inform your strategy. So if you're, you collect, if you, you're spreading out and you're in a lot of places, you might specifically collect more of that card that it's going to score you better there. Or if you've collected those cards per se, you might choose to do actions that are going to better that score for you. Yeah, this is a, a, a great pick that completely slipped my mind when I was making my list, similar to what you said about Lost Ruins of Arnak. I, I was a little bad when I saw it on your list. I was like, how, what is the other use of the cards? I think you're just playing them, but you're absolutely right. Um, they do have that secondary use at the end of the game. Um, and it's, there isn't that, that much of a choice in the game to like get rid of cards. I don't think you get rid of cards very much at all in Concordia, maybe not even at all, but you're totally yeah, right when you're selecting that card. That is a huge part of that decision. You're not only selecting it for the, the the play benefit, but also for what you're gaining at the end of the game if you continue to get cards of that color. It's a great yeah, pick. There's, yeah, there's been games I've been playing of Concordia where my hand's already good enough to do all the actions, and in the last round I see the game's about to end, I might just buy another card or two from the display just because they happen to go with the points I'm scoring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a wonderful pick. With Concordia, you're number three. I have another two-player game. In fact, I have three two-player games on my list. The second one is Radlands at number three. 
Badlands is a dueling card game where most of the cards have a core benefit that you're going to use them for. But one of my favorite things about the game, just a little tweak, um, is that in the upper right-hand corner of the cards in Radlands, there is an instant benefit that you can gain by simply trashing the card at any time. So anytime that you need like an extra water or it really, there's a variety of icons up there. Water is one of them, but uh, it, they didn't limit it to just one icon, which I thought was really clever. But there are many times in the game where you just need like one more thing to pull off an impressive play or a crucial play to uh, not lose ground in the game. You can always trash a card. And if you do so, there's definitely a sense of loss because you're losing the more, more powerful benefit on the card. But it's really nice to have that instant benefit option if you want it. I think it's called like a junk benefit maybe in the game. Um, thematically, that that makes sense. Are you, have you played Radlands, Josh? I have not. Um, it is a few people in my game group actually have raved about it. So I'd love to try yeah. it. Just in general, head-to-head dueling card games, I'm pretty heavy invested in Keyforge and Soulforge. So mm. finding time to play another two-player head-to-head dueling hasn't uh, hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, it's 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 a you kind of pick your 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 lanes. I think with those dueling card games, that's actually one of the reasons that Beer and Bread was so refreshing to me because even though it is a dueling game, I'm not fighting my opponent in any way. Uh, but Radlands I, is a dueling game that I that I very much enjoyed for the multi-use cards in particular. Um, number two, what is your number two favorite game? All in this right, category? so my number two, um, and I'm going to lump these together. I do not consider them the same game, um, as far as Frosthaven, Gloomhaven, maybe even Jaws of the Lion. But if they, I was to put them all in my top five, they'd all make it. Uh, but uh, the cards obviously used the exact same way. Um, for anybody who hasn't played it, you know the. Uh, you always play two cards in your turn and what you're going to use the top benefit of one and the bottom benefit of the other. But what I really like about um, in Gloomhaven or Frosthaven here is that you may just, you may very distinctly want to play the top half of this card and the bottom half of the second card. And then your turn may come around. You've already played your cards because you have to all play them simultaneously. And maybe the monsters have moved on me or my opponent has dealt with one of the enemies I thought I was targeting. So you can change there on the fly and choose a different, you can flip the, um, your choices. You also obviously have initiatives on both cards that you can use and you pick that before your turn. Um, so they all have numbers printed on them, whether you're trying to go faster or slower. And uh, like in plenty of games, you can discard a card if you need to try to avoid damage or you know something along those lines. So they have multiple uses, but the main use really is playing two cards out and using the top or the bottom action. There's also the default, is it like move one, yeah. attack one? Is uh, it one it's each? move two or attack two printed move on two. every card. Okay. So yeah. if you ever have to just do the basic action, you know, you obviously have very, there's a lot of flexibility. So even though your yeah. turn may not come out exactly how you had planned, I feel like you always have something you can try to do. That's really cool. Yeah, there are three great uses of cards for the, the initiative, their their powerful benefits, and then their their default benefits, the, the two move, two attack. Um, and you're right. I had never thought about how much that flexibility adds to the game since you are kind of programming your play, but not entirely, you're not entirely programming which part of the cards you're going to use until your turn comes around. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great pick. I really like that pick, Josh. Um, my number two is my final two player only game. And that is the game Watergate. Uh, Watergate is a bit of a simulation of, of, the, the Watergate scandal um, that happened in the U.S. years ago. But uh, it's a wonderful tug-of-war game between two players. And on your turn, you can either play a card for its 
its uh, kind of primary benefit, or you can use it to for the tug of war element of the game, which is a crucial part of the game. Like I think sometimes with these uh, some of these multi-use cards, um, even some that I've mentioned here, there's almost like a throwaway benefit, a backup benefit. But in Watergate, the tug of war is such an important part of the game that there are many times where it feels really good to use the card for its tug of war benefit. It's also a nice balancing mechanism um, because for cards that have a powerful tug of war benefit, like it's saying, pull a token um, five spaces towards you. That's a, that's a huge benefit in this game. Then it might have a weaker built-in benefit and vice versa. Uh, if there's a really powerful written benefit or built-in benefit, it might have a weaker uh, tug of war benefit. And so I like that that use of multi-use cards to uh, to give you a range of choices, but also to balance the cards themselves. Yeah, that, that sounds like an interesting one. I, Other than having heard the name, I guess I don't know too much about that game, but it definitely um, seems like an interesting take. Yeah, it's 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 a really neat use of of, uh, of tug of war, which is a mechanism that I that I also love. So yeah, that's my Watergate number two. We're down to our number one favorite games that use multi-use cards. I'm really curious about your pick here. What did you pick for number one and why? All right, so my number one is Lagranha. Uh, it's probably you know it's a top you know so many game for me uh maybe top 10 uh definitely my top played on bga but more so than i it's my favorite game to play i i just love the design of it i think that the cards are some of the best cards i've seen in any game where each each card itself is four distinct cards in its and it allows you to you know each time you get a hand of cards at the start of the game you have so many options in front of you and Unlike other games where you maybe adjust on the fly on turn to turn, you probably hem yourself into a strategy pretty early here, but you might, more cards you collect, even if the top doesn't maybe align with your strategy, the side might or the bottom might. Um, and even if not, you know, the left of every card is still a field that you would gain one of the three uh, resources that you can gain. So each card's just, you know, has so many different uses and it makes the game infinitely replayable because it's already got, you know, you know, you have over a hundred cards here and each one's four cards. So I'm curious here, you, you've mentioned a bunch of cards on your list that use either two, three, or even four now benefits. Do you think, do you think there's a sweet spot? And is there such thing as a multi-use card that has too many uses where it's almost too overwhelming? Because like you said right there in La Grana, if you have a hand of say five cards, um, that's, essentially 20 different cards in your hand based on all the uses. Is yeah. that clearly you like? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would depend. I think four probably in a lot of games would would be too much information. Um, and Mutani, I, I think also, depend. it's similar to Lagranha where you have a player board and depending on which of the four places you play it might change what it does. But with these, I think it's nice is two, the left and the right side are very, very straightforward. There's not like there's a whole lot of decision-making it's just, if you tuck it on your left side, you're either going to gain a wheat um, or a great, uh, what's the other resource? Uh, olives. So you're either get, going to gain those resources at the start of each round, or if you put it on your left side, it's going to allow you to draw um, one more card into your hand and maybe add another money. Or I think the second benefit down there is uh, a slot for pigs, which is the fourth type of thing you can deliver, but it's not... Um, it, you obviously don't grow pigs. You yeah. you gain them in other ways in the game. Um, so those, it's not like you have a use for those cards if the top or the bottom doesn't really play into your strategy, but I don't feel like it's too much, too overwhelming because the, that benefit's very straightforward. Um, 
the real the real place that you play them um, that you have a lot of decisions to make as far as your strategy is if you tuck them below your board as um, each has a text print on their specific helpers and they may help you gain more of one resource may help you upgrade something um, get extra deliveries extra slots for um, something that you might be gaining during the game so and you only get to play three. Uh, you could play a fourth, but you'd have, you just have to cover up one that you've already played. So that's where your real decision-making is coming is you want to make sure that those kind of gel together, especially with whatever you're trying to do in the game. And then the top of the card, you just play up. It's spots for deliveries. And so they're going to have printed like two, three, or four um, little uh, slots where you might make a delivery to as opposed to the main board. So they're little personal delivery spaces for yourself. That's, I, I think it's... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was just say, other than that, I think two is probably the sweet spot for most games. Uh, As you were describing that, I was thinking that maybe one of the, the helping factors for me, at least, if a card does have a lot of benefits that are spread over the card, is, you know, when I'm holding cards in hand, I'm pretty much only seeing the first card in my hand and then the upper left icon and maybe a little bit on the left. So it's helpful for me, and most of the games we talked about today actually don't fit in this category, but if a card does have a bunch of benefits spread out all over the card, I often like the game to let me play open-handed. That way I can just put them on the table and look at the cards, look at all elements of the cards. A lot of the games that we talked really don't allow that. Like Gloomhaven, you really you can't do that open-handed um, unless you're way across the table from the other players. Um, Lagrana, you probably could. You say you play on Board Game Arena a lot, so you're essentially playing open-handed and the other yeah. players can't see you. Yeah. I think that makes it the easiest is my, the, it's my most played game on BGA and yeah. yeah, they're spread out in front of me and I can look at each card. Uh, when I'm playing in person, you know, at least if you're peeking at the cards, it, the left or the right side is going to have one or two things yeah. that it could possibly have. But yeah, usually, yeah. If you're not playing open-handed, if the card has too much information on it, you can't keep peeking. You're going to be peeking a lot, maybe distracting from seeing what other players are doing at the table. Yeah. Yeah, just something to keep in mind for game design. But I love that you talked about Legrand in detail. Um, it, it's one that I'm now curious to get back to the table. It's been a while. I'll have to try it on Board Game Arena. Um, my favorite game does swing, uh, swing back to the simpler elements of using a card for multiple purpose, and that is Dune Imperium. Um, Dune Imperium uses cards for two primary purposes, although it's kind of they kind of slipped a third purpose in here as well. Um, so here's some cards from Dune Imperium. In Dune Imperium, you are typically playing a card on your turn uh, to A, show where you were allowed to place a worker. So for this card, it's saying I'm allowed to place a worker on the Imperial track. Uh, there's some other, other examples here, different places where you're allowed to place a worker on your turn. And in addition to that, and this is kind of multiple, multiple uses built into a single play of the card, you're also gaining this benefit in the gray banner right there. Um, so two interesting uses related to worker placement and just a benefit from play, playing the card. Dune Imperium also adds an element of the cards that you don't play on your worker placement turns carry over, they stay in your hand, and you get to use them for their bottom benefit. In fact, here's a card that doesn't even have a bottom benefit, but most of them do. Uh, and this is a good example of what many of the cards have. They either have influence or they have combat. This one happens to have both. And so if I decide not to play this card, uh, then at the end of the round, 
I have a turn where I, it's kind of a pass turn, but on that pass turn, I'm doing substantial things like acquiring more cards by spending influence or establishing my final military prowess for that round using, uh, using the military benefits. And some cards even have more complex benefits like this one. So I really like this decision point in doing Imperium. Am I using a card to place a worker to gain the benefit during the round, or am I holding it back and saving it for my final turn of that round to help me in combat or help me acquire more cards that helps the engine building for that game? Really interesting use of, of uh, in my opinion, of, uh, of multi-use cards. Have you played this one, Josh, Dune Imperium? Uh, I've only played it once, It, but obviously it's a great design. It, I feel like... Um, like you said, it doesn't feel overly complex the way that they're being used, but they're influential in your in in the game itself. Yeah, yeah, they, that's an interesting decision points for the game. Well, Josh, this is a lot of fun to think about. I, I didn't even realize how uh, how in depth and how how really important multi use cards are until we talked about this in detail. It's inspiring to me as a designer to maybe use them more often in my game. So thank you for. For suggesting this topic you can turn your camera back on maybe for the end here while we say goodbye um do you have anything else that you'd like to add to the topic or about gaming in general before we we sign off um no because uh, the only thing i was gonna talk about at the end was expeditions but we ended up both uh mentioning mm -hmm. it at the beginning obviously for all honorable mention and you know just talking about multi-use cards in general um but now uh, obviously i feel like a few of my I think Josh got cut off a little bit in his in his signing off. Thank you, anyone who watched the video. I know that we had a little technical difficulties here, but it was still really fun for me to hear Josh's perspective it's... on this topic. <laughs> Sorry, Josh, you cut off a little bit there, but uh, yeah, heard... trying to put on the video. Apparently, that just it does, it doesn't want it. It doesn't want it doesn't to want to do it. <laughs> well, it was great to talk to you about this today. Thank you for taking the time to, to inspire no, the topic. Thank you for having me. That. Sorry about all the uh, technical difficulties, but it was still nice to get into the topic. Yeah, no, no worries at all. And I, I really look forward to hearing what people think in the comments. Hopefully they can think of some games, some multi-use cards games that we didn't even think of. Um, I'd love to hear what people, maybe their favorite pick from each of our list and anyone's favorite, uh, other favorite game that we didn't mention. Let me know in the comments here. All right, Josh, thank you so much for your time. Awesome, thank you. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.